This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. And once again, because of the length of both shows tonight, I'm relegated to the old leather chair at the back of the studio to listen in along with you. So we'll begin with one of the most popular shows, Gunsmoke, and the episode, Billy the Kid. territory on west there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers and that's with a U.S. marshal and the smell of gun smoke The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Wanted for murder. Wanted for murder. Clay Richards. Clay Richards. Age 31. Height 6 feet. Eyes brown, hair red. Eyes brown, hair red. Hey, how'd you like me to print his picture on these notices? I got a woodcut. Let me show you. Ernie! That's your marshal copy of that front page. Interviewing Clay's wife yesterday, I noticed a tintype on the mantle. Their wedding photograph. So, first thing you know, I snitched it. It's very thoughtful. Yeah, oh, I'll take it, Ernie. And then I propped it up in front of me and carved me this woodcut. Ain't she prime? Ain't she just elegant? Real elegant. Good likeness, don't you think? Of course, he was seven or eight years younger when he came back. Yeah, it's a good likeness. Hair short Doesn't show what makes a law-abiding man like him try to rob a bank. Doesn't look like a man who murdered an old cashier and a Chinese cook who just happened to be there. But it's a good likeness. Yes, sir, it is. A picture like this sure dresses up the front page, don't it? Yeah, it's a little masterpiece, Mr. Hightower. A notable contribution to the culture of Dodge City. Well, thank you, Marshal. Does fetch the eye, don't it? I'm printing an extra 500 copies of the weekly, and I bet I sell them all. Too bad the cashier's shot went wild. If he'd managed to kill Clay or even wing him, why, I bet I could sell a thousand extra copies. We must be thankful for the blessings we do receive, Mr. Hightower. Oh, I am, Marshal, I am. Why, just before it happened yesterday afternoon, I didn't know what I was going to fill my columns with. And then, like manna from heaven, two murders and a bank robbery. Attempted bank robbery, Mr. Hightower. He turned and ran for he got his hands on so much as a dollar. Yes. Still, as you say, like manna. Dylan, I... I I'm talking you. business. What is it, Chester? Well, you I guess, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, print Clay's picture on those notices, Mr. Hightower. Oh, where were we? Uh, eyes brown, hair red. Oh, yes. Also known as Red, Bricktop, and Sorrel. He uh, didn't answer to no other nicknames, did he? No, that's what they call him. All right, then in big letters, $400 reward. Dead. And at the bottom, apply Matt Dillon, Marshall, Dodge City. Mm-hmm. And I print 200 copies. How soon can I send Chester over for him? This afternoon. Good morning, Mr. Hightower. Chester. 
think those posters will do any good? Richard is probably over the line into Oklahoma or Colorado by now. That strawberry Rona, his is the fastest in the county. He has no money. He panicked and ran out of the bank before he got a penny. I think he'll try to get help from his wife or brother or a friend the first chance he has. Maybe tonight. I say he's around here somewhere. I, uh... I'm sorry I turned on you like that, Chester. Why, that's all right, Mr. Dillon. Out all night with a posse, no sleep, man's bound to get touched. No, it's not that. It's, it's the way... It's the way people use a thing like this. The men riding posse last night, they enjoyed it as though they were hunting fox or possum. Hightower back there, he acts like it was a birthday treat, specially gotten up for him. Everybody finds a way to use it. Uh, what, what was it you wanted to tell me? Hmm? Oh, I, I got a kid, a, a little boy, locked up in a cell. Uh, we run away from home, back in Cottonwood. Ed Slade turned him over to me when he come through on the stagecoach just now. Kid about 12 years old. Who's is he? Widow woman, Miss Bonnie. She runs the boarding house in Cottonwood. Ed says kid's always running away a little while, I guess. He flagged Ed for a ride on the road halfway between there and here. Soon as Ed seen him stand there with his bundle on his shoulder, he knowed what he was up to. So he told the kid he'd help him and then turn him over to us when he got here. All right, we'll send a telegram to the mother to come fetch him. Well, come on in, Chester, and shut the door. Mr. Dillon? You're letting in every horse fly in Kansas. Mr. Dillon, I think you better cancel the order for them notices. What? The Dutchman's coming up the street. And he's leading a strawberry roan, and Clay Richards is draped across his back. Like a sack of wheat across the saddle. Last time I saw him, two days ago, he was standing at the bar laughing his head off. A sack of wheat across the saddle. And followed by half the saloon bums and loafers in town. All right, Chester, make him keep back. All right, now stand back, you fellas. Come on, now, back. Stand back. Ziegler. How'd it happen, Ziegler? My goat, my old billy goat, he pushes open the pens last night and runs away. Forget your goat. What about Clay? Guy, I tell you, this morning I go to look for a goat. I walk here, there, or near the river. I see Clay. He sits there. I say, hello, Clay. The gate. You dirty Dutchman. You know the dog? Hey, was your best friend. He helped you buy your farm, so you kill him for a All right, all of you. Keep back, everybody. Clay? Me? No, no. My brother, he was like, we was in the war together. Peter, listen. You kill him for the war. Not so. I kill nobody. Not, not since Gettysburg. Clay is dead already when I find him. I don't even own a pistol. Ziegler, inside quick. Yeah, yeah. Chester, give me a hand with Clay. All right, all of you. Listen up. Shut up! I will not tolerate a disturbance. You know me. I got him, Chester. Take his legs. <clears throat> All right, kick the door shut. Marshal, I don't kill Clay. On this table, Chester. What'd you do with Clay's gun? His holster's empty. Gun? Clay's? I ain't got it. I don't even own one. Chester, see if it slipped out. His we holster up. was empty coming up the street. First thing I noticed. Maybe it's yeah. over on the... Another customer? Why, oh, it's three in less than a day. Oh, bountiful harvest. My fees this month will keep me in luxury. In luxury! Doc, I uh, want to have an inquest as soon as possible. Well, as soon as I finish the autopsy. Shouldn't take long with the practice I've had this week, huh? <laughs> no. Uh, late afternoon all right with you? I'll take him up to my office right now. Uh, no, thank you, Chester. I can carry him all by myself here. You just open the door there like a good fella. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. uh, yeah, Marshal, tell the city fathers... I'd like to make a deal when the corpses are as famous as this one. <laughs> Back in 53 in San Francisco, a fellow I knew earned a fortune, exhibiting the head of Joaquin Marietta. Tell them if they'll let me keep the remains, I'll do the autopsies for nothing. Shut the door, Chester. Ziegler, 
Where is it you met Clay on the river? By the fort. This side, by the fort. Right out there, Chester, and see if you can find Clay's gun. Maybe he dropped it when he was shot. I did not shoot Clay. Sure. I did not. I had no reason to. I did not. I did not. Now you listen to me. Maybe you think Dodge has got so big, I don't know about everything that goes on here. Well, if you do, you're wrong. If you think I don't know about the bank having an overdue mortgage on your farm, you're wrong. $400 is reason enough for a struggling farmer like you. No. Couldn't do such a thing. I am a human being. To a peace officer, Ziegler, that's enough grounds for suspicion. But whether you did it or not, we decided it's your trial. In the meantime, you just stop yammering about it. Trial? Me? Even when I shoot somebody, I stand trial. If they find it's justifiable homicide, and they probably will. Clay being a wanted man, then they'll let you off. And if not... Please, I am permitted to go now. Go? Are you crazy? My farm, the stock, I, I must look after it. You sit right down. You want to be lynched? You're trying to get yourself murdered? Have you forgotten about Clay's brother, Adam? What difference does it make whether he believes it or not? His brother's been killed. Everybody's looking to him to do something about it, and he knows it. You want me to guess where he is right this minute? He's in one of them saloons lapping up courage to come in here and ask me to give you to him for a present. You want to know who's with him? Ever loafer, ever bum, ever slob in town. Slapping him on the back and telling him what a shame it is. Taking him on to kill you so that they can have some excitement and some fun. Maybe you deserve killing, but it's my job to uphold the law, and I'm not letting you out of here. What? I tell you, you might that... spend your time trying to think up a better story. That is, if you intend to stay in this town. All right, now think back. Didn't Clay go for his gun before you shot him? I tell you, I didn't. If I'm not under arrest, you have no right to keep me here. I got to look after my farm. I go. All right, Chester, lock him up. Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Come on now, Ziegler. Tell him, senior. Tell him, senior. Step out, Sonny. This cage is bespoke. Who's in there, Chester? Yeah, that little old runaway from Cottonwood. Oh. Hey, come over here, son. Come over here to me. I know who you are. <laughs> you do, do you? You bet. You're Matt Dillon. <laughs> Guilty. I know you right off. He was pointed out to me one day back home. Pillar says you was the fastest gun thrower in Kansas. <laughs> Wyatt Earp wouldn't be awful interested to hear that, I'm afraid. Pillar says you was faster than older. Faster than Wild Bill Hickok and Hay City and Fat Masterson or any of them. How many fellas have you killed? You don't keep score, son. It's something you try to forget. Not me. Someday I'll be famous like you. And for every filler I kill, I'll... I'll put a notch on my gun. People see those notches and they'll know they better not try. Why'd you run away from home, bub? Don't you know your mother's likely to worry about oh, you? Oh, she won't worry. She's too busy working. You ain't gonna make me go back, are you? wouldn't do that, would you? Well... Because it wouldn't stop me for long. I'd only run away again. Oh, where are you off to in such a sweat? Oh, Texas, California, Mexico. Fella can accomplish things there, not like living in old cottonwood. If you let me go, someday when I'm famous, you can tell people you helped get me started. <laughs> well, well that's, that's a pretty strong inducement. Um, I'll have to think about it for a while. And uh, look, uh, while I'm making up my mind, I, I want you to give me your word. Word of a man who'll be famous someday that uh, he won't try to run away from me. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll have to have Chester lock you up again. I'll shake on that. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, Chester... I want you to go look for Clay's gun. Yes, Mr. Dillon. And uh, on the way, stop off and send that uh, telegram. You know? Hmm? Oh, that telegram. Uh, yes, Mr. Dillon. I'll Where's Ziegler? Right. It's all right, Chester. Go ahead. Yes, Mr. Dillon. Where's that murdering dog? Oh, there you are, you... Not a single step further, Adam. I want him, Dillon. He murdered Clay, shot him down without giving him a chance. How do you know? Because Clay wouldn't have let anyone catch him off guard except a friend. Uh, friend. Now, Dylan, give me that Dutchman. Try to take him. It's like that? It's like that. And it's true what the fellas say. You made a deal with the Dutchman to give him the reward and protect him if he'd kill Clay for you. That was the deal, wasn't it? Yeah. The fellas say why I'd make such a deal? 
Dylan, it ain't no longer a secret around town that you and Francie warned each other. But Clay was in the way. You had him killed so you could get his wife. Do you deny it? No. No. It serve as well as any other crazy story to work you up. You think you're safe behind that star, don't you? Well, Clay has friends, lots of them. I'm coming back with them friends, and we'll get the Dutchman and you and anyone else who tries to stop us. All right, Adam. I'll be with you. Yeah. You wait. I almost seen something pretty just then, didn't I, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, almost. Got another pint of whiskey ought to do it. We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment, but first... Many radio shows win high popularity with the prizes and cash they give away, but there's one show that's tops because the head man gives away as little as possible. What other radio program could it be but the Jack Benny Show? So be listening. Here's the second act of Gunsmoke. Son? You say something, Mr. Dillon? Uh, yeah, open my drawer in front of you there. You'll find a small bottle of oil in there. No, no, one to the right. Yeah, that's it. Now, bring a little brush, too, huh? Here it is. Thanks, bud. It's the right nice gun you have. Yeah, it's not bad, but a little stick. Just a little stick. Don't you have a trigger? I've never seen no gun without a trigger before. Oh, you remove a trigger or uh, tie it back against a guard. And all you have to do is uh, bum a hammer. Hey, like that. It's faster. <laughs> yeah, that's better now. Remove the trigger. I'll remember that. What in the world for? Well, I remember everything you told me. About the Texas holster and the spring holster and the double roll and filing off the site. Excuse me, Mr. Dillon. Oh, any luck, Chester? No, sir, not any. I went to the store first and asked Mr. Denton what kind of ammunition Clay Richard used to buy, and he told me Clay had a double action forty-four. I scarred that riverbank a half mile each way from the ford and not a sign of it. Yeah. I got that telegram off. You know who ought to be here pretty soon. It's only seven, eight miles from... Is that a fire in town? Funeral services for Mr. Grinnell, the cashier. So soon? It's awful hot weather. Yeah. Um, any of your guns need oiling? Just I don't to... think so. You sure? When Adam left, he said he'd be coming back. Some friends. I know. I stopped at the Alifaganza just now to rinse out my mouth. Adam was there talking mighty ugly and mighty big. He's got a sizable following. Yeah. When do you think? Any minute now, Mr. Dillon. It want me to take Bob out of here to one of the hotels, maybe? I want to see No, him. I think you'll be safer here, Chester, behind stone walls and dodging about the streets rubbing naked. You keep your head down, sonny, you hear? There's a... Matt, Matt, i got to talk to you. She ought to be in mourning. If she cared for Clay at all anymore, she ought to be in black. Matt. Oh, Lord, I find her more beautiful all the time. Matt, have you heard what they're saying? What are they saying, Francie? That you and me, that, that you made Pete Ziegler kill him because of... I'm sorry that got back to you, Francie. It's all over Dodge. Adam almost strangled me before they dragged him off. Francie, I didn't shoot Clay. Francie, I beg you, believe me. Shut up, Ziegler. Shut up or I'll pump you to death. Francis, just one of those crazy stories. They needed one, and they made one. But, Matt, everyone believes it. On my way down here, people were pointing, whispering, old women clucking their tongues at me. They believe it. They'll forget it as soon as this is over. They'll remember that even if we once did go with each other, it was finished and done with even before the war ended, before you even met Clay. No, they won't forget it for the rest of my life. As long as I stay here, oh, hold it a minute, Francis. Yeah, Doc, what is it? Uh, am I interrupting? What is it, Doc? Uh, our topsy's finished. I examined his liver and lights. His this is and... Mrs. Richards, Doc. Oh, oh, I beg your pardon, ma'am. I'm sure I meant no disrespect for the departed. Well? Well, Clay was shot, all right, but from the nature of the wound and the coagulation of the blood, I'd say it happened sometime yesterday. 
I'd say the cashier's bullet didn't go wild after all. How could a dead man gallop away? But the wound wasn't what killed Clay. The ball hit the rib case and bounced off. Twenty-two caliber it was. And what did kill him was the stab in the back, right through the spine. Inflicted sometime this morning. Now, near as I can judge, by a small blade, oh, two or three inches long. It could have been a Barlow knife. Thanks, Doctor. Yeah, please accept my condolences, Mr. Ritchie. You call the inquest anytime you're ready, Marshal. Chester, close the door. You see? You see, I didn't do it. I didn't shoot him. All right, then you, you stabbed I... him, maybe. You said you never carried a gun. Look, Francie, go home and give matters a chance to simmer Matt, down. I'm going to ask you for something. Yeah? Turn Pete Ziegler out into the street. What? Francie, they're itching to get their hands on him. Let him have him. It'll prove that story's a lie, that you didn't make a deal with him. Please, Matt, I have to live here. Jimmy, I have to live here. Matt? Matt? Don't look at me like that. Go home. Go home or leave town or hang yourself or anything you like. Just go away. Away! Right now. I bought me a bottle at the Olive again, Mr. Dillon. Would you care for a drink? No. Guess the funeral's over. There'll be others. Funny. No, I miss that bell. Awful quiet, ain't it? It's just what? Just about on schedule. Are you ready, Chester? Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. I'd use a shotgun if I were you. It's more effective when there's a mob to be dealt with. Oh, yes, sir, I am. Ziegler, and you too, son. If trouble starts, lie down flat on the floor and keep your head down all the time. Don't gawk to see what's happening. You understand me? Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. All right. Dillon! Dillon! Come on, Dylan! Chester, I want you to stand here in the doorway after I go out where you can cover the back door and me at the same time. Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. All right, Chester. Open the door. Come on out. It's my duty to warn all of you that you're in the breach of the peace. I've sworn to uphold the law. I've killed men in order to do it, and I'm prepared to do so again. Give us a Dutchman, Dylan. I ask you to be sensible and to leave quietly. But if you refuse to listen to reason, if you insist upon being fools, if you've already decided to act like wolves instead of humans, then there's nothing I can say to make you change your minds. All right, you want Peter Ziegler? Well, he's not more than 20 feet behind me, so come on and get him, any of you. One at a time or all at once. Come on. Which one of you wants to die first? You? You? You, Adam? Well, what do you say, Adam? You let him here. Don't let this star on my coat stop you. Come on. There, I'm not wearing it now. Well, come on, draw, Adam, draw. You all right, Mr. Dillon? Yeah. Get his gun. Man alive, I couldn't even see your hand move. Uh, uh, Marshal! Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell Doc, me. Doc, you make one single funny remark and I'll knock you down. You just take him to your office and get to work. Well, I, I never do mean to offend, Marshal. In my line of work, well, bodies, they're just so much lumber. Make all the jokes about them you please, but not to me and not in my hearing. In my line of work, there's nothing humorous about death. Give him a hand, Chester. No, 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 I can handle the marshals. Thank you. Thank you. Just the same. Can you direct me to the marshal's office? Uh, yes, ma'am, right here. I'm Marshal Dillon. Well, I left Cottonwood as soon as I got your telegram. I'm Miss Bonnie. Where's my boy? Oh, we have him, ma'am. Safe and sound. Here. Let me help you down. Hitch that horse, Chester. Right this way, man. Oh, I'm so sorry he put you to all that trouble, Marshal. The truth of the matter is, he's a wild one and no mistake. 
takes after his father, one scrape after another. Uh, he was no trouble at all. I enjoy children. I like to have them around. Bob? Bob, your ma's here. Son? Chester, where's the boy? Did you let him slip past you? No, sir, Mr. Dillon. He never got past me. Look, the back door is open. He's seen me and he hightailed it, the devil. <laughs> we'll round him up for you, ma'am. Don't worry. Oh, I don't know why I bother hauling him back. If he's run away once, he's run away a thousand times. This time he ran because I wouldn't buy him a gun. He wanted a real one. That boy's just gun crazy, I swear. I got him a nice Barlow knife instead. Barlow knife. I reckon it didn't signify and off he runs. Barlow knife? A kid. Chester finds that kid. Marshal, has he done something bad with it? Told him to use it careful. He promised he'd use Wait, it careful. That, no, no, never mind, Chester. He's got Clay's strawberry ruin. We'd never catch up to him. Oh, I try to bring him up right. I tell him to be good, but he don't listen. He just don't listen. Now, calm yourself, ma'am. Just calm yourself. Here's his little bundle, Mr. Dillon. What? Yeah, give it to me. That's pretty heavy. <laughs> Here, you're better at knots than I am. Open it, will you? The moment he was born, he'd been nothing but tribulation to me. Now, please, ma'am. <laughs> What's he got in it, Chester? Shirt, stocking, piece of sausage, and this. 44 double action. Yes, Mr. Dillon. That's Clay's gun. Sonny didn't manage to keep it long, did he? Well, if he wants a gun that bad, he's bound to get hold of another one somewhere, somehow. Chester, call Mr. Hightower over. Hey! Hey, Mr. Hightower! Oh. Come on over. Mr. Dillon wants you. Marshal, could I have a drink of water? What? Oh, Ziegler. Uh, I forgot all about you. Uh, uh, Chester, where are the keys? Yeah, right there on the desk. Oh. Oh, there we are. It'll be safe for you to go home now. I, I can go back by the farm. Yeah, that's right. I'll send for you for the trial. Oh, Lancashire. Lancashire. Watch where you're going, you dumb. Excuse me. Yes, Marshal. Mr. Hightower, it appears that we can do business after all. Get some paper and a pencil. I want some notices printed. Fire away. Wanted for murder. Wanted for murder. Uh, what's the boy's name? Bonnet. William Bonnie. William Bonnie. William Bonnie. Age 12. Height about five feet. Hair light, eyes blue. Mm -hmm. And I suppose he's known by any other name. I know. Everybody just called him Billy. Or the kid. Also known as Billy. The kid. <laughs> Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Walter Newman, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in tonight's cast were Don Diamond, Parley Bear, Harry Bartell, and Howard McNear, with Richard Beals, Paul Dubov, Georgia Ellis, and Mary Lansing. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West. In Gunsmoke. Those longtime favorites, Amos and Andy, are rising to new heights in their CBS radio series on Sunday nights. Heard on most of these same stations, Amos and Andy find trouble as constantly as ever and make it just as funny and as human as they have for more than 20 years. Be sure to hear Amos and Andy this Sunday, won't you? Right after the Jack Benny Show. This is Roy Rowan speaking. And remember, there's fast, funny quizzing on the Bob Hawk Show every Monday evening. This is the CBS Radio Network.
tuned for Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy next on Theater of the Mind. Let's go back to 1945, the year the Second World War ended, to hear one of the most popular radio shows, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, as they welcome special guest Hildegard. Ladies and gentlemen, greeting you on behalf of Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Ray Noble and his orchestra, Anita Gordon, Mortimer Snurd, Ursula Twing, and our very special guest for the evening, Hildegard. And here's Charlie McCarthy. Oh, why, Charlie, old boy, what's wrong with you? Oh, it's nothing, Ray. It's just my pals have turned against me, that's all. That's all. Yes, but what about uh, Fred Allen? I'm through with him. Well, how about Edgar? Well, he's through with me. (laughs) I'm Lord of Gopher's Basement, I tell you. Oh, Charlie. I'm back up on the ground floor. (laughs) Hello, Edgar. I want to sing. Yes. Well, go ahead, my little nightingale. Anita Gordon, Charlie's 15-year-old singing discovery and 20th Century Fox starlet, sings, June is busting out all over. June is busting out all over, all over the meadow and the hill. Buds are busting out of bushes and the rockin' river pushes every little wheel that wheels beside a mill. June is busting out all over. The feeling is getting so intense that the young Virginia creepers have been hugging the vegetables out of all the morning glories on the fence because it's June. June, June, June. Just because it's June, summertime, and living is easy. Fish are Been hugging the bejeepers out of all the morning glories on the fence because it's June, 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 June. Just because it's June, June, Thinking about Mr. Birkin? Hmm? Are you asleep? <laughs> no, Charlie, I I was just thinking about you. Oh, oh yes. Are you are you going to forgive me for running off with Fred Allen? I I don't know what to do, young man. You don't know? No. Hmm. I just haven't decided what to do. Uh huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've certainly learned a lesson, Birkin. Yes. Yes, I have. Well, I I now hope that you feel a greater sense of loyalty to me. Oh, yes. Yes, I do, sir. Now I know which side my bread is margarine on. Yes. <laughs> yes, Charlie, we must we must stand by each other. Yes, we must. Yes, we must help each other. Damon helped Pythias. Yes, he did that, yes. Watson helped Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yes, sometimes the very littlest fellow can help the big fellow. Oh, he can You've heard about the lion and the mouse, haven't you? No, sir. I, I haven't seen the papers lately. No, I know. <laughs> I've been so upset, you know. Yeah. Well, it's a fable. Oh, well, I don't believe half what I read anyway. No, 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 no. No, I mean, it happened a long time ago. Oh, I... Yes, it teaches, it teaches a great lesson. It does. Yes. Oh, won't you please, sir, tell it in your own inimitable way? Yes. 
Let those pearls of wisdom drop from your ever-moving lips. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Well, watch it. I shall I tell the long version or the short version? Oh, it really doesn't matter. I don't listen anyway. <laughs> well, but in this story, in this case, I do want you to listen, and listen very carefully. Yes, sir. I shall be all ears with my fingers in them. <laughs> There's a parallel between the lion and the mouse and uh, and you and me. No. Yes, yes. Now, I can be compared to the big shaggy lion. Is this molting season for lions? No. <laughs> and you might be, shall we say, uh, you are the, the little mouse. You don't have to beat around the bush. Just come right out and say it. What's that? Go ahead. Call me a rat. Go ahead. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. All right. Now, once upon a time, there was a sleeping lion. Was this at a lion's club? No, no. no, no. <laughs> and uh, as this lion slept, there was a little mouse walking around all over him. A sleepwalker. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, the lion awoke and raised his paw and left the room. No, no, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> And he caught the mouse under his paw, and then he opened his terrifying jaws to eat the mouse. But the little mouse said, stop. He talked right back to the lion. Oh, stout fella. Stout fella. Oh, I'm proud of you, you little cheese burner, you. All right, all right. <laughs> now, you see, this mouse, mouse had um, intestinal fortitude. I know a shorter way to say that. No, no, no. <laughs> and the little mouse said, uh, the little mouse said, uh, please. Please, baby. I have done no harm. I have to sit through these things anyway. <laughs> that mouse had a lovely squeaking voice, didn't it? Yes, yes. Yes, thank you. Bergen, did anyone ever tell you that you have a very fascinating way of telling a story? Well, as a matter of fact, they, they have, yes. Uh-huh, they have. Yes, oh, yes. <laughs> well, they lied. Oh, I... <laughs> And so the lion answered this little mouse. He says, why shouldn't I eat you now? Yes. And the little mouse said, because there's no R in mouse. No, please. <laughs> I'm out of season. No, please. <laughs> no. So the mouse said, perhaps someday I can help you, Mr. Lion. And the lion was so amused that he laughed and he laughed and he let the mouse go. <laughs> he laughed himself right out of the mouse burger, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> and now, now comes the exciting part of the story. Well, just stop jumping up and down and tell it all right. <laughs> and then, then came the fateful day. A most terrible thing happened. You and the listeners. What's your phone number? John. <laughs> And you see, there were some lion hunters walking through the forest. Charlie. Can you get rid of the urchin you with? Charlie. Ah, yes. Oh. <clears throat> You're getting away from the story. But not far enough. All right. <laughs> so these hunters caught this lion in a great big rope trap. They did? Yes. And the little mouse happened by. Yeah. And do you know what that mouse did? He ate the lion. No, no. No. Well, I can't be wrong. I'll admit it. What did the little mouse do? Well, I'll tell you. The little mouse, he saw these ropes there, and he sprang at these ropes, and he started to gnaw and gnaw and gnaw. Gnaw. <laughs> yes, sir, the little insignificant mouse Freed the mighty king of the beasts. Well, I'll be nice. Yeah. <laughs> now, what is the moral of this fable? Well, there's the moral there. Yes, there is. And I know you got it. Well, I'm working on it, yes. <laughs> the moral is... Yes. Uh, the moral is... It pays to have a friend... That's right. ...who gnaws the rope. No, no, no. <laughs> Surely you 
got more out of the story than that. Well, a little more. What's that? If you want a story spoiled, let Bergen tell it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's very good for the eyes. What's that? Uh, vitamin A. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Vitamin? Yes. Is that a small A or a big A? Well, it's just it's, uh, As a matter of fact, vitamins are, are, are just very good for growing children. Well, I don't want to grow children. No, I know. <laughs> oh, you're a fool. <laughs> How can you be so stupid? Oh, I don't know. But it sure is a wonderful feeling, I imagine. So. (laughs) 
say, Pa, what to do? It's Hildegard. Quite a thrill to see you again. Well, if you want to see a real thrill, look over here. Oh, so you're Charlie. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And you're really and truly Hildegard. Oh, may we. <laughs> we might, we might. <laughs> Hildegard, why do you only have one name? Charlie, Charlie, please. Now, you mustn't ask such personal questions. Wait till you hear the next one. No. <laughs> What is it, Charlie? Well, uh, 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 there's something so interesting about your voice. It puzzles me. Oh, I- I'm a chanteuse. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I knew you were from the continent. Now, when I was traveling in Chantusia... The... <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, vous êtes quelque chose pour me, double. That's Milwaukee friend. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I bet you and Edgar get along terribly well together, don't you? Well, at least terribly. <laughs> what does he mean, Edgar? Well, I think Charlie can explain how loyal we are to each other, can't you? Yes, I'll leave you two alone. Charlie, tell Hildegard what's the matter. Bergen seems so cool towards you. His knee feels like a cake of ice lately. <laughs> well, don't feel too badly, Charlie. And let me sing to you. All right, you sing and I'll accompany you. And a pogo stick. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to sing a beautiful French ballad which became a favorite with the boys overseas. It was then known as Jatin Grey, and now with an English lyric, it is called I'll Be Yours. I'll be yours My world may be lonely But I'll await your return I'll be yours Yours forever and only, and while you're gone, how I yearn. You're in every prayer, every thought, every dream, dear. You're everywhere, come what may. Night and day, I'll be yours. You're in every prayer, every thought, every dream, dear. You're everywhere, come what may. Night and day, I'll be yours. Oh, that was that was just lovely, Hildegard. I feel better now. Oh, I'm glad. But I know how you can make Edgar feel better. Yeah. You know how? Yeah. Why don't you buy him a little present? Yeah, well, what would you suggest? A monogrammed hot water bottle or something? <laughs> oh, be serious, Charles. Get him something really nice. Yeah, but my piggy bank is suffering from uh, uh, malnutrition or something. <laughs> well, in that case, get him something inexpensive in a funny, in a fancy box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not funny, fancy. No, oh, I know just the place where you can purchase it. It's on Fifth Avenue in a very swanky shop. But Bergen doesn't wear a swanky song. <laughs> well, how will we get there? Uh, we'll let uh, Ray Noble's music send us. Uh-uh. Oh, here's the place, Charlie. Isn't it simply too, too elegant? Oh, it's sheer heaven. I should have worn the ermine shorts. <laughs> 
cloistered walls of Grower, Wimple, and Dinkleberry. Uh, what position do you play, Bart? <laughs> I am Benjamin Grower. Right. Do you have an appointment? No, I don't. But I have an uncle in Kentucky that races ducks. <laughs> now, look here. That, that's neither here nor there. Oh, you're quite right. That's Kentucky. <laughs> oh, really? Now, well, the more expensive things are in the front of the store. They get cheaper as you go towards the back. Would you mind showing us something in the alley? <laughs> look here. Just, just how much money do you intend to spend? I was planning on using box tops. <laughs> how about getting Edgar a leash for his dog? Yeah, but you see, he hasn't a dog. Well, how about getting him a dog? We see he hasn't a leash. <laughs> now, here is a very rare old English powder horn. But he could never learn to play it, you know. Hello there, Charlie, old boy. what are you doing in here? Oh, I just came in to buy someone a gift for a surprise, you know. Well, who are you going to surprise? <laughs> Me. I get to kick out of that sort of thing. <laughs> I saw some lovely watches here. Oh, I've got a watch, dear. You know, it's a funny thing. Once I dropped it in the Hudson River, and a year later, it was still running. The watch? Uh, no, the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. I do believe you've made a very funny witticism. Or am I wrong? You people may be very amusing to someone, but have you any intentions of buying anything? Uh, what do you have in dueling pistols? Bullets, silly. Oh. Now, here's a pair right here. <laughs> Now, if you observe, these were owned by the umbrella bearer of the Maharaja of Downpour. How much are these pistols? These pistols? Yes. Uh, $200. Great guns. They certainly are. <laughs> shall, I, uh, shall I wrap them up? Wrap them up? Why well, couldn't even make a down payment on a deposit? Well, <laughs> in that case, in that case, you'll have to talk to our credit manager. Oh, credit. Oh, coming, Danny. Coming. Coming. <laughs> these people want to open an account. Oh, an account? Yes. Oh, they do? Oh, that's peachy. Yes. <laughs> what have we run into here? Well, friends, my name is Ursula Twang. Um, yeah, Ursula Twang, that's fine. And I'm head of the credit department, and, uh, well, no, I'm not exactly head of it either because, well, yes, I am too, because the regular head is on vacation now. No, you mean you have two heads? No, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I do not mean that. Uh, what I mean is that I am credit manager of this particular store, uh, and, uh, well, it isn't a, exactly a particular store either because anyone can trade here, and very few do. <laughs> well, what about our charge account? Oh, your charge account? Oh, yes. Well, uh, what can you offer as a collateral? <laughs> have an honest face. Oh, yes, I know, but, but you cannot put a face in a cash register. <laughs> you should know you look like you've tried it. <laughs> tell me, tell me, uh, what about our credit? Oh, yes, your credit. Uh, well, you're going to get the credit all right. Oh, we but are. Oh, yes, you are. But you're not going to get it yet. No. No, you're not. Not until you change your attitude. Oh. <laughs> and pray, sir, what is wrong with our attitude? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with your attitude. There are entirely too many little undercurrents of criticism running around here to which I do not subscribe. You no, and if you want to see me, I'll be in my office. In your office. Well, no, I won't be in my office either because I'm going home. Going yes, home. so goodbye. We don't get to pistols, do oh, no. we? Wait a minute, Charlie. Perhaps I'd be interested. May I see one of them? Oh, be careful, uh, Ray. You may you may shoot someone. Oh, don't be silly, my dear. I'm holding my finger over the muzzle. <laughs> I take care of that. <laughs> Tell me, Ray, I'll bet you're fond of hunting, aren't you? Uh, oh, hunting? Oh, rather, yes. I simply must tell you about the time that I was shooting at uh, Lord Loverduck's county seat. <laughs> and did you hit it? <laughs> well, oh yes, I don't miss on that, you know. I was aiming the weapon just like this. Why, you shot that porcelain rabbit right in half. Oh, splitting hairs. <laughs> I made a joke, no? <laughs> uh, you made a joke? Yes, yes. Give me that gun. It's my turn. Just pick anything out. I'll knock it off here. Oh, be sure and hit something cheap. Something cheap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you shot those two china pheasants. Good hunting, old boy. Good hunting. <laughs> What's the limit around here? Hold on, hold everything, you little twerp. You can't use this place for a shooting gallery. Oh. 
my goodness, you've shot Mr. Tinkleberry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Fred Allen. <laughs>
Thank you very much for listening. I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.